0: I'm Paul, and I'm Wyatt, and this is Father-Son 49ers Talk. How you doing, Wyatt?
1: Pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm doing good. You know, we're sitting here getting ready. Oh, the uh, game should be on with the, I believe that, what is it, the Ravens are playing right now? I believe But I should have that on in the background, but I don't have it on, so I need to pop that on while we're doing this so I can see Lamar Jackson and see what he's doing. Anyway, so we'll start talking about some 49ers football talk. There's been quite a bit happened since we've met last time. I know that we really haven't been publishing the podcast on the podcast. particularly of them on YouTube. And we're going to, I'm going to do some editing here in the next day or two. And I'm going to add all those up into the podcast feed for everybody. But, Wyatt, so what we have had a pretty exciting last two weeks, haven't we?
1: Yes, we have.
0: Yeah, so we started off and we beat the Broncos, which was kind of a surprise. We really didn't see that coming, did we?
1: No, I didn't see it.
0: And I didn't see another. And then, surprise, we, the we came in and beat the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, that was the big surprise.
0: So when we beat the Broncos, it was kind of like a, it was, it was a super exciting day. Mainly because when we won, I immediately turned over and started watching the Raiders game. And then the Raiders won. So while we won, yeah, we like, still kept the number one pick.
1: Yeah. That was, yeah. When we won, and then you see the Raiders win, it's like, all right, let's go.
0: So it was just one of those things where it was uh, I myself rooting for the Raiders. I don't, I'm not sure that I've ever fully rooted for the Raiders. I know that I, I had an ex who was a Raiders fan, so I always kind of supported a little bit with her. Like inside, internally, had that intrinsic desire to watch the Raiders win. But this uh, last couple weeks, I, I definitely was rooting for them after we were watching the... But then we went on and we followed up with our win against the Seahawks. And that really was a surprise. And I think some people saw it coming. I know some people saw it coming. There was a couple professional commentators I heard say that this was a trap game for the Seahawks. The Niners were looking good. They were coming off of a, a win versus the Broncos. And things started to seem like they were kind of clicking together. However, it still was a surprise, I think, to anybody that thought that we were actually going to Maybe was kind of just leaning on the fact it was a hunch and not so much a fact, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that actually though the the line on Vegas was pretty close. But the question I have for you, Wyatt, was how do you feel about the win over the Broncos and the Seahawks lost the number one overall pick?
1: Okay. Again win against the Broncos was just awesome. I mean, because that, you keep number one pick. Then you get the win against the Seahawks. And, I mean, yeah, I like seeing us win. Yeah. And then draft-wise, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather still be a number one, as would, I mean, I guess everyone wants the number one pick. But they don't yeah. have that
0: bad. We would all definitely rather be number one, I think, for sure. But what I have to say about that, and I really do, I, I was all into the elegant tank. It's kind of, one of those we were talking, talking on other podcasts where it was, you know, if we lose, we're, we're going to get a better draft pick. So it was kind of like, yeah, you know, we're we're not super upset that we're losing because we know we have Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. I think this would all be different if we didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo, right? We do. So we, we have coming back next year. I still believe in Shanahan and Lynch. Although if I was to question one, it would probably be the Lynch over Shanahan, but I really like Lynch helping GM. So hopefully he does and he becomes a a talent recruit uh, talent assessor and he can kind of bring and infuse that talent into the 49ers. There have been some questionable draft picks and we're not going to get into that this podcast, but we definitely need to kind of reevaluate how we're evaluating players and even evaluate, but going in what we have done is we kind of are rooting for the Niners to win. Always but to that elegant tank is kind of the best of both worlds where we're not getting not best of both worlds, but we're, we're not getting completely cave and there's a chance for us to win, but then we get that consular prize if we don't win of the number one draft pick. So it doesn't hurt as much. However, I will never, never not enjoy a 49ers win.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there. 100%. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, while, while it would be nice to have that number one pick, I am always going to root for the Niners to win. And if it happens, I'm never gonna be upset that I watch the 49ers walk away the victors after a football game. Yeah. Okay. And we'll you know, with the 41, 49ers, we do it did have some actual wins as well. I mean, we did we did lose the number one pick, but we actually dropped a couple draft picks i mean we didn't just drop one draft pick underneath behind the raiders because when you start to win you get into the two and three wins there's there's a several teams out there that have two or three wins and now it gets into the draft order and the pecking order and the strength of schedule so the team with strength schedule and the same number of wins draft pick and for us it did change our draft order so we went from number one to number four and the first draft pick for the nfl draft right now and right now is arizona oakland new york jets and the 49ers so we'd be fourth overall now, how do you feel about that dropping not just dropping from one to two but from one to four
1: i'm not for sure honestly i think it'd be nice to be number two because then i think you have I mean more options maybe I don't think four he hasn't fallen, but I think two he has a chance to fall to us. I mean, the Cardinals got Chandler Jones, like an outside presence, and they're kind of lacking an inside presence. So maybe Nick Bose would be the option.
0: Yeah, you know the the thing with Boza is his brother. When his brother came out and he was drafted by the Chargers, he was kind of the same thing. Where everybody thought that that his brother was going to go, he was a potential number one talent, and he didn't. You know, there were some other teams that needed some quarterbacks, and they jumped up, and there were some trades, and and he dropped. He dropped several picks. I mean, not like an Aaron Rodgers dropped five. I can't remember exactly what number he was picked, but it was it wasn't the number one pick, and he dropped several picks and. We were, the Chargers were able to pick him up, so the, it's not impossible the Boza would drop. I mean, who knows? Maybe some quarterback needy teams come in and they try to take those top picks and with the other teams to get their guy. And with the pass rushers, the chances are though that Nick Boza is not going to be there, right? And so the the there is supposedly a lot of pass rushers in this draft that would be able to contribute and. I've heard uh, several people say that you know there's to be talent around in the first round and into the, in the, the second round that potentially could contribute to the 49ers with that pass rushing skill that we need. The other name that constantly comes up is Josh Allen. So Nick and I think that if we got either one of those players, we could end the top four picks. We could walk away happy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Let's go over. We were looking up a mock draft that showed the first four picks in the first four picks right there, we have Arizona was slotted with taking Nick Boza in this draft, this mock draft. And it was held by Walter, Walter is who posted this going number one overall, which is what everybody's expecting. But we don't really know what's going to happen. Of course, like we said, it could be a quarterback goes first overall, Win the quarterback, you just don't don't know. But then underneath there, you have Oakland Took-Williams. It's a defensive tackle from Alabama Williams. And then underneath there, Josh Allen going to the New York Jets. So if that would happen, you'd see that and you're like, oh, man, those are really the two top guys that you would like to see us take. But they have 49ers, and you were pretty surprised when you saw this and you were excited. So is. This mock draft has them taking the linebacker, Devin White, from LSU. So tell me about Devin White, why and why you think that would be an awesome pick for us.
1: Well, I don't know. I just like Devin White as a player. I like his – I mean, we have middle linebacker, as people think, and I agree. We have middle linebacker figured out. And he's more of a hybrid player. He's kind of like a Reuben Foster, plays outside linebacker, but you can kick him inside, and he's really – he's like – He's kind of slotted as a, a coverage guy, sort of, but then he's got run-stoppability. I don't know. He's just like an all-round, a well-rounded, good tackler, good pass coverage. He can kind of do it all, more of like a Ruben Foster.
0: He is that kind of hybrid linebacker that you're looking for, the explosive guy that's physical up front but can also cover, and that's what you want. That's what we had with Patrick Willis and um, Navarro Back, you know, in sort of, not the Niners' heyday, but in this decade, you know, the three years of greatness that we did have, we had those two solid inside linebackers. And that's kind of the dynamic that we were hoping we are going to have with Fred Warner, Fred Warren and Reuben Foster, but we weren't able to do that, right? Because Reuben Foster, of course, did things that Reuben Foster does and had to be released from the team. So we were no longer able to actually have the we weren't able to see our vision of the dominant two linebackers together. So this right here, if we were to get this Devin White, he could potentially bring that together where we have the two linebackers. Now of course we don't do we don't have two inside linebackers, so they would, you know, fall off to the Sam or the Leo, whatever it may be. And the outside linebackers And we don't have those guys, but with this guy, we would potentially kind of have that Reuben Foster, Fred Warner kind of feel that we were hoping for potentially. So I think that that would be a pretty good move for us.
1: Yeah, I like it too. I do indeed.
0: So then would that mean the number two pick? Would we – our number two pick, would we have to get an edge rusher?
1: I think at that point, you have one of two options. Mm -hmm. You either got to go – corner or edge rusher depending on the talent but i also have not yet Mm -hmm. looked in i haven't looked yet looked into free agency class maybe there's something there at one of those two positions we could bring in and then
0: yeah i uh, think that for edge rusher i think you're absolutely right and this is going to be largely dependent on what we do in free agency and i hope the 49ers are active in free agency this year did you see, you know, with uh, Khalil Mack, we were talking about that. I, I read an article where they were talking about how the Niners, we've see, we've heard this a lot, and it kind of got frustrating with the Khalil Mack trade. I was kind of one of those tipping points where I was like, okay, yeah, we tried, because we keep on doing this with the big names. We tried to go out and get them. We keep hearing this from the 49ers front office. We tried to get them. But supposedly, the Niners offered the Raiders more draft capital than The Bears did for Khalil Mac, and they took the Bears off for over ours.
1: Yeah, why, why would they do that?
0: There's a couple different reasons why they may have done that, right? And one of the big reasons is potentially the fact that we had Jimmy Garoppolo, and there was a lot of hype, a lot of hype behind the 49ers. Where the brown the Bears were kind of one of those teams where people still were kind of iffy on right. And people don't believe in Mitch Trubisky, but they believed in Jimmy Garoppolo. People thought that maybe it could have been due to the fact that the Raiders believed that they were going to get a better draft pick at the Bears, which of course we obviously that's laughable now, right?
1: Yeah, it's like good thinking.
0: Yeah, that's not even not even close to what's going to happen. But I mean, the 49ers, they were potentially, you know, we're in the top. Well, if we win out everything, I mean, if we win every single game from this point on out, but the chances are we're going to be in the top 5, picking in the top 5 and definitely with the top That would what I would probably say. Now, they thought that they were going to get a better draft pick with the Bears, potentially. The other thing is I've heard that there's, you know, the Raiders 49ers kind of thing, and who knows? There was may have been some things behind some personal relationships that could have affected that. But uh, going in with free agency, we have to find – we could potentially find a edge rusher. I've heard a couple different people uh, mentioned as potential, uh, potential candidates for that. Um, so – you know, it's uh, we'll, we'll get into that kind of stuff more later. I've heard names like Anthony Barr come up who could potentially be an edge rusher as well as... Um, yeah, but the big point is this, is that we don't know what we're going to bring in. So if we bring in a couple decent edge rushers that we think are actually going to be able to compete, but I don't mean like we did this year. We bring in a couple guys and we're like, oh, they're going to be really hard to beat out, but they're really not edge rushers. We need real legitimate edge rushers not just these guys that we think could develop guys that have done it before
1: yeah. if
0: we don't if we don't do that that second pick we have to go edge rusher i don't think there's any other choice
1: yeah we need to go out and get someone that has proven that they can rush off the edge not a solomon thomas that i mean we think he can develop into an edge rusher but i mean like no go get someone that can do it
0: Yep. We need. So that's the big conundrum with the draft, right? Do you pick somebody who has the physical skills to do that, to be a, to have the skill to be an edge rusher? We've done that with cornerback too. We've drafted people that have the physical skills to do it, but haven't done it yet. And then we think about developing them into that. Or do you just get somebody who's already done it? And I think that we need to stop right now picking people that we think can potentially develop into that edge rusher and just get guys that have done it yeah i agree okay so we agree that if we don't if we do end up going with devin white that second pick i think it has to be an edge rusher another thing that it really is interesting is wide receiver and we'll we'll talk more about this later we're definitely probably not going to take a wide receiver second round we need to Really tighten down that defense, and um Dante oh, Pettis. Okay.
1: One second. While you're on the one second, while you're on the wide receiver train, I have an mm-hmm. interesting thought that I mean, is it's either Golden Tate or Nelson Aguilar that is in free agency this year. I can't remember one of them, but I don't see them getting signed back. So maybe, just maybe, we sign one of them just for a placeholder until we find somebody we actually like that has a lot of youth. But if, I mean, if Nelson Aguilar came over, he's younger maybe maybe there's a good wide receiver there I know that one of the two is
0: yeah I think that we're definitely gonna have to bring in another wide receiver I mean Garcon he's he's not gonna be on the team next year I don't think he's gonna be there with Goodwin I don't know what's going on with Goodwin he didn't start he was he was on the sidelines but he didn't start so I, I mean I know he has some personal stuff going on but Goodwin just hasn't really developed into the guy that we wanted him to Dante Pettis really has looked good but the reason why I bring up wide receiver, and what we're talking about, the draft. And again, free agency. What are we going to do with free agency? That's going to affect a lot of different things. And the reason why, though, I bring this up is because with the new rules and the way passing and receivers and the pass interference and how the new rules for catch, the catch, um, and everything is basically a catch, even if it's not a catch, kind of.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's been a lot of catches that – and i'm fine with it i mean i I, we like the game when it goes through and you see those kind of big plays and it makes it more exciting and that kind of stuff but wide receivers have become significantly more valuable and i think that this whole thing where you know maybe maybe wide receivers become a lot more i don't think it's maybe It, it is gonna happen wide receivers you have to have them now you you don't just have to have a couple good guys that are really good at you know, catching intermediate passes and stuff like that. I mean, you need guys that can catch the ball. These wide receivers, the rules are in favor of the wide receiver. So you need people that can go up and get those contested catches and stuff like that. I really have liked what I've seen from Dante Pettis the last few games. I've been excited about it. He has a lot of separation. I think he's he's beginning to kind of develop into that wide receiver that we, we want him to be. He's kind of showing flashes of it. But uh, I don't think that we're going to take a wide receiver the first two rounds. We just have too much going on. I think we'll probably stay away from offense. Our defense is really, really weak, and we have some pretty good talent. If we can grab a guy like Nelson Aguilar, bring him in on the offseason, then we have Nelson Aguilar, Dante Pettis, and a couple other decent pieces. We still need to pick up some other pieces, maybe a couple other free agents, um, and maybe draft another wide receiver. We're definitely going to have to draft another wide receiver. But Okay, so we'll move on from that. I just wanted to bring up wide receiver and, and think about it in the terms of the new rules that are in place for the catch and for pass interference. So you can't be physical. If you touch a wide receiver, it's pass interference and then a catch is a catch unless it's clearly not a catch. So the wide receiver value is going up and that's something to keep an eye on over the next couple of years, because the way we see wide receivers is changing and the Niners need to shift with that, that change we need. We have a young offensive minded coach that is touted as being a free thinker, right, on the edge of the, the way we develop offenses and think about offense. So we need to transition into this wide receiver trend because I think that it is going to be the next trend. Now, I wanted to talk about Nick Mullins, and this kind of goes into the draft, and we'll get into the Bears game here in just a little bit coming up, just to kind of touch on it. But Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins has been, you know, when we started off, it was a Nick Mullins mania, and then he had kind of a game or two where it wasn't very good, where we were like, oh, no, we suck again, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But there's been a couple really interesting stats with Nick Mullins, and there's been some some rumors coming up about, you know, maybe we're going to trade Nick Mullins for a draft pick. The problem or not the problem, but one of the things that when you think about that, we only have five draft picks this year, five, that's it. So we only have five and we really could use some more draft capital. Now, if you miss though, we've been missing a lot of draft picks and you don't always hit a lot on draft picks. So just because you have a draft pick doesn't mean that you get a starter, but it is one of those things you need to think about. So, but with Nick Mullins, so I'm going to frame this question for you, Wyatt. And uh, Mm -hmm. so with Nick Mullins, He knows the offense. He's been playing with us. We've seen that we can win with him. He may not be Jimmy Garoppolo. His stats are pretty close to Jimmy Garoppolo. And we'll get into more of his stats here in just a little bit. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, we think that we have our franchise quarterback for, I don't even want to say the next 10 years. Let's say the next 15, 20 years, right? The way that people are playing now, you got Drew Brees, Tom Brady, right? Even Ben Roethlisberger, and Philip Rivers, I mean these guys are playing really late in their career into their late 30s, early 40s. So we're ho- hopefully that trend will continue and we can have that franchise quarterback. But he Jimmy Garoppolo had a shoulder injury in when he was with the Patriots and he now has a knee injury with us. He hasn't had a single season where he stayed healthy when he played. And there is the danger that we go in next year and he get injured and he gets injured again. So if we trade Nick Mullins, then we don't have them around. And we've shown that we can't win with CJ Bethard. We we don't know what the next guy we're going to bring in is going to be capable of potentially. So do we want to trade Nick Mullen for draft capital if we're offered draft capital, or do we want to keep him for insurance in case Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt?
1: Um, in my opinion, I think it depends on the draft capital we're getting.
0: Okay, so <laughs> where, where do you draw that line?
1: I don't know. Was the value that he gives us, having a quarterback, we don't know. I mean, we don't we, – Jimmy G, we don't know if he's going to get hurt again. I mean, he's got hurt twice. I mean, maybe that's the start of a trend we don't want to see. I mean, I hope not, but nothing saying it isn't. And then Nick Mullins gives us value as a quarterback that knows the system, like you said, and then – I don't know. I want to say a second round draft pick, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a professional in the NFL. I don't know what value is there.
0: Yeah, I think that I 100% agree with you. If we get offered a second, we trade them. I really yeah. do believe that. Now, I think that I was listening to the Kevin Jones show. He has uh, his network, I believe it's called the Blue Blue Wire, I think is what he was calling it, Blue Wire. Yeah, Blue Wire. And he's he started. He's trying to create sort of like the Lockdown Podcast where there's a network network of teams under blue wire. So there's a podcaster for each team and he has some pretty good insights. So he, when he was talking about this earlier in the week, he put the line at a third round. If we get a third round draft pick, we trade him. Okay. What do you think about that?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing he knows, he knows more than me. So I really just kind of got to start. I got to, I mean, I don't know, it all depends on whether I have never watched the guy, so I don't know if I trust him.
0: Well, yeah. I think though third round, if we get a third round draft pick for Nick, if we're offered it, I say we do it. I really do. I think that we move on and we find our another guy. I don't I don't see us getting a third round draft pick. I really don't. I don't think the market's gonna be as top for Nick Mullins as people are talking about. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent. The guy literally was asked to play cornerback this year uh, as part of the scout team during practices, and now he's brought up. I love Nick Mullins. I love the story of Nick Mullins. I'm all about it. I love the fact that he sits on his couch and puts on headphones and listens to crowd noise and practices calling plays. I love that he literally would take the game script from the game and go out and run the plays by himself after plays, after the game so that he could learn Kyle Shanahan's play calling and learn situational football and how they wanted these plays and how the, the flow of the game was going to happen. I love that. I love the Nick Mullins story and I would love to see him succeed in the NFL. Uh, However, I just, I don't know that I think you're going to have to see a lot more. He's going to have to really play really, really well in order for a franchise in order for a NFL franchise to commit to Nick Mullins, as their potential next franchise quarterback. However, now this brings up a really interesting fact in we're talking about this. He's going to play really well. Well, he has played really well and some people even have him rated statistically as the number one rookie quarterback, which is really interesting because he, he didn't come out this year in the draft. He came out last year, but he was cut from the 49ers, or he was cut from the roster the last year before the season started, and he's never been paid a rookie contract. So rookie contract, um, this year he is being paid as a rookie undrafted free agent at a league minimum. Uh, I think it was 4, or $480,000 per year. And if he was a second-year player, he would be paid at $555,000 per year. So he is being paid as a rookie. And so he is technically a rookie, which means that he compares to Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. And I know we've already talked about it a little bit. But would you be surprised to see Nick Mullins statistically um, Ranked higher than all of those five number one draft picks from this year?
1: Yes. Yes, I was. Yes.
0: Okay, so let's list this. Nick Mullins has played six games this year. Baker Mayfield has played 12, started in 11. Lamar Jackson has played uh, – where am I at? Lamar Jackson has games. He's played in 14, but he was doing like the wide receiver stuff and, and that kind of thing, but he's only started in five. Sam Darnold has played 11 games, started 11 games. Josh Allen has played in 10, started 9. And Josh Rosen has played in 12, started in 11. So they've played a lot of games. Most of these quarterbacks have played a lot of games. When you look at their completions, their attempts and completions, Nick Mullins has as many completions as Josh Allen with almost half the games. Right, You have Josh Rosen. We won't really worry about the number of completions. What I'm really interested in is their completion percentage. Uh, Their yards are pretty interesting. And their touchdowns. So touchdowns and interceptions. So the touchdown that Nick Mullins has thrown, he's thrown 10 touchdowns. Compared to Josh Rosen, he's thrown 10 touchdowns, and he has played in literally twice as many games as Nick Mullins. They have the same number of touchdowns. Nick Mullins conversely only has six interceptions while Josh Rosen has 14 interceptions. All right. Now, you might say, oh, well, it's on a better team. But is he on a better team? We got beat by Arizona twice. So, I mean, team and the talent and stuff like that, I think that we probably are a better team than the Cardinals, but we're, we're both at the bottom of the NFL. So, I mean, it's hard to say that yeah, and I'm Nick not Mullen sure there's there a better team. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure there is a better team. And that yeah, is right?
0: dudes. I'm not sure there is. Yeah. Sam Darnold has thrown 14 touchdowns and 15 interceptions compared to Nick Mullins' 10 and 6. Josh Allen has thrown six touchdowns and nine interceptions compared to Nick Mullins, 10 and 6. And then you have Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is clearly ahead. He's thrown 21 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and he's but he's played in 12 games and started 11. Looking at that, that's pretty incredible. And on top of that, Nick Mullins even has a higher QB rating. So his QB, QB rating is 96. Is a 96. Baker Mayfield with a 92.6. And then you have Lamar Jackson. He has an 82. Sam Darnold has a 7, 72.8. And Josh Allen has a 65.5, while Josh Rosen has a 66.3. You start thinking about that, that is just absolutely incredible. And then the completion percentages are are really kind of eye-opening as well. So Baker Mayfield was, was touted as being a super accurate quarterback, and that really has – kind of shown itself in his completion percentage. I really you know you get 60 and above and you're doing really well in the NFL. And Baker Mayfield has 63.8. He's the only number or the only rookie drafted quarterback that was taken in the top the first round of the five that's above 60. The rest are are below 60 um, with Lamar Jackson being 58, Sam Darnold 56, Josh Allen 52, Josh Rosen 55. Nick Mullins is 64%, 64.5% completion percentage.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. For, I mean, a rookie quarterback, undrafted free agent, been cut twice.
0: That was asked to play cornerback during a practice.
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah.
0: So, I mean, all this is to say that Nick Mullins really does have a pretty good stat line. There's there's some other stat lines to show him compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's pretty comparable. Now, the difference is, is Nick Mullins has – his arm isn't as strong. He doesn't – the things is that it isn't really statistics with Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins that kind of set him apart. It is the plays that, that Jimmy Garoppolo can make. He has those next-level plays, those next-level throws that we haven't seen from Nick Mullins. They arm – the arm angles, the the tight window throws that are just mind-boggling or jaw-dropping, whatever it may be. So, I mean, I, Jimmy Garoppolo is still our starting quarterback, and he's going to be hopefully for the next 15 years. Yeah. Sure. But um, Nick Mullins, I mean, you start looking at it statistically, and he really has performed well. I mean, he's performed well. I see why some people are saying there are some people that are like, he's our starting quarterback. Hold off. That's I don't see that at all are like, okay, well, you know, maybe another team will want him. And you can see it a little bit if you look at it like that. I still don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to have to prove himself a little bit more before we get to that point. Yeah. So what we concluded, just to make sure that I'm right, Wyatt, is that if we get a third round, we're not going to get in it up. If we get a third round, we take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you.
0: Okay, I agree with that. Okay, well, we wanted to talk about the Bears game. <clears throat> so the Bears game coming up. How do you feel about the Bears game, Wyatt?
1: Um, not good.
0: You don't feel good about it?
1: No. No, I don't. I don't care if we're on a win streak or not.
0: Yeah, well, what I will say is that the Bears have been pretty weak on the road. They have okay. not won a lot of road games, and we have won – Four home games. So we play better at home and they play a poor road. I still think that we are going to lose. I think we're going to lose this game. Um, You know, the Bears are competing for really home field advantage. They're probably not going to get it, but they could if they keep on winning and other teams keep on losing. They want that. They want that number one seed, and they're they're there. I mean, they're in that that talk and that competition. And they, they've already won their playoff spot. They're just going to keep on pressing forward. But there's a chance that we potentially win this game if everything was to fall right, right? We have big plays. Nick Mullins is, is on point. Our defense is playing well. There's a chance. I mean, there's everybody has a chance to win, but I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think we do.
0: Okay, well, i take that from you. You don't think you do. Is there anything that you're excited to see? Is there any player that you're excited to watch? I know we've we've had a, almost a full season of the 49ers, but are there any developing players that you want to watch and see? I know we have Nick Mullins. I, there is one for me, and I'll start off. I really, every time I watch the Niners, I'm just excited to watch Dante Pettis.
1: I'm excited to watch Dante Pettis, but, I mean, I have – A sweatshirt on that says iowa hawkeyes right now and i'm i'm really going for the the iowa hawkeye man
0: the iowa hawkeye you're not root what do you mean you're not rooting for the niners
1: oh i am i am just i mean the tight end you know that's considerably playing like an i don't know
0: oh okay i'm sorry i took that my mind went way off okay you're talking about kittle yeah yeah okay Yeah, Kittle. So there was some pretty cool uh, next-gen stats that we were talking about that, and I need to look this up exactly. But it was showing – so yards after catch, yards after catch, it is the lead – guess who in the NFL? Now we have – there's players like Odell Beckham Jr., right? And uh, you have all these these high-class wide receivers out there, Julio Jones. But who do you – who? Where do you think he falls in line as far as yards after catch compared to all these guys?
1: Ooh. I'm going to say top ten.
0: Top ten. Top ten. Okay, so top ten. So who do you think would be ahead? Just give me a few names. So give me three or four names that you think might be ahead of him.
1: Well, I'm going to have to go with Julio Jones just because, I don't know, he mugs people all the time it seems like. Just straight up okay. over him, runs over him. I don't know. That yards after catch bigger bodies. I mean, this isn't I mean, huge, but I'm thinking maybe Odell Bacon Jr. You see him make a few crazy plays where I don't know, just some stupid plays that no one else should do, but he does.
0: Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, he has some pretty awesome stuff, right? You um, also have like, you know, you have Barkley. Barkley's had some – I mean, I know he's a running back, but he's had some pretty amazing, amazing uh, kind of stats there, right? And uh, some really good plays. You also have Travis Kelsey. I mean, you're talking about tight ends and stuff like that. Juju smith Sto- Seuss, uh, I don't know why I can't say that name right now. Schuster. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen. Uh, you have Todd Gurley. All these guys, right? Antonio Brown. Thomas, but um, it's it's really not even close. I mean, the the two people that have yards after catch as far as receiving, the first in the NFL right now is Christian McCaffrey with seven thousand seven hundred one. The second is Kittle with seven thousand four hundred seven.
1: Are you curious? Are, I said, are you curious? <laughs> Are
0: you serious? <laughs> I am serious. I am serious. The next closest tight end is Travis Kelsey with five hundred and twenty-three. He has he really? has almost two hundred and fifty yards more yards after catch compared to the next closest tight end. And then it's not even close when you start talking about players like uh, Juju. He has five hundred twenty-five. Antonio Brown only has four hundred forty-nine. And I don't even see uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on this. He has something – at when I was looking at it earlier, it was like he has like 400 more yards after catch almost or like 350 yards more after catch than than uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Really? Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty crazy. You look at this Kittle guy, and I, I don't think people outside of the 49ers really understand what's going on with Kittle because this guy – it, honestly, I think he is the number one wide receiver in the NFL. And it, it, it isn't even – his catching ability, he, he is able to catch and he is able to run. And you look at the yards after catch. Yeah, I mean, okay, so total receiving yards. You know, when you start talking about that, we'll look that up here in a second. Uh, but right here, so yards after catch, 747. The next closest tight end, Travis Kelsey, 523. That is yards after catch. That is running on the field. And then on top of it – You have Travis Kelsey or Travis Kelsey compared to Kittle. Kittle is a a thousand times better blocker. Kittle is the whole package. The guy can block, he can catch, he can run. He is explosive. He is clearly beating Kelsey in yards after catch. So his explosiveness after the catch is far exceeding Kelsey's, which is the next closest. And then you have. His total yards, let's look up how many yards he has right now after the catch. So Travis Kelsey receiving yards. Or not Kelsey, sorry, Kittle. So Kittle's receiving yards right now for the 2018 season. Well, his total yards... Rushing, passing. Right now he's over a thousand yards. I mean, he's at um 100, 154 yards. All right. So he had his I knew that he went over a thousand yards, but and the guy's on fire. So I mean, yeah, I, I get why you're excited to see Kittle. But Kittle's kind of like the guy that we've already seen. He's he's developed into that player that we wanted. And uh speaking of Iowa, it's really interesting. I heard that one of the reasons why he fell so low is that when the Hawkeyes were asked about and the coaching staff were asked about Kittle, they said that he he really wasn't as committed to football. He wasn't a football guy. He wasn't he, his, his commitment to football wasn't as high as it could have been. And uh, I just think that that's that's pretty pretty crazy. His football character, that's how they worded it. His football character was a little lower than they would like to have seen. And then I heard another guy say, yeah, well, you know in Iowa, the low football character is good football character in the South. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but my, I, I was, you know, we, sometimes we can be a little hard on people, you know?
1: Yeah. I'll give you, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the kid likes to have fun. I mean, he, he does, you can see it. He's a fun loving kid. He's a jokester. And sometimes you get some people that are a little, a little tight and they see that as a lack of commitment. And it's like, mm, well, Is that really like a commitment? Because this guy is a player, so I'm really excited about it. Yeah, but for me, I'm just—I really am kind of excited to see what Dante Pettis is starting to turn into. I mean, he's his separation. He's really started to kind of, kind of show his ability to separate, and he isn't getting a ton of yards, but like he had five targets this last game, five receptions for 83 yards you know that's that's pretty good I mean that that is that's you had a touchdown in there I mean if you get five yards close to 100 or five catches close to 100 yards per game that's doing pretty well and then you pull up his stats let's see you want to see what he got the last game yeah let's pull that up so in week 14 I'm sure there's a better way to do this. I actually pulled pull the stats from the NFL.com. I pulled the actual game stats for the entire game. I'm sure that there's like a list out there that shows it game by game. But, okay, so Dante Pettis, uh, for the last game, he was targeted. This isn't as good. Targeted seven times, caught three for 49 yards with one touchdown. I mean, that's not bad. So. It's not too yeah, the next game, that was versus the Broncos. The game before that. So week 13. This is turning into a long podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, it's been a while, though, since we've, we've got together to talk about these things. So we just had a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, my mic keeps cooking in and out. Sorry.
0: It's, it's fine. I, I I haven't had anything.
1: Really You're not glitchy, but it's like, I don't know, my mic, I can't see you half the time.
0: Yeah, same thing with you. Okay, so passing, receiving yards, Dante Pettis, the game before that was he had seven targets, five catches for 129 yards with two touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, he's – and then – before that, I mean, like the guys, he's just starting to kind of step up. And he, you know, he started over Goodwin this game, this game. So Goodwin was available to play, and he started over him. I think Pettis is starting to turn into that guy. He's starting to turn into that separation guy and who can get those, get that, that separation between him and the defender, and really just he's starting to turn into a very well kind of a very good wide receiver and this is his rookie year you know and with wide receivers sometimes it takes two or three years so it, you know the, the book isn't really going to be, be written on him for the next uh three four years i mean look at tyler lockett right tyler lockett you kind of caught on to him last year but this is his fourth year in this in the league and he's really starting to develop into that that kind of that wide receiver that you want on the team right but that's this is his fourth year fourth year and that that happens with wide receivers sometimes it used to be standard, it was three to four years for a wide receiver to develop before you really knew what you had. And then, you know, you had the Julio Jones year where there were a bunch of wide receivers, A.J. Green and Julio Jones, they kind of came out and they were instant hits. So people kind of expect that, but it takes a couple of years for these guys to develop. So I'm really excited to watch uh, Dante Pettis. Okay, bud. Well, do you have anything else?
1: No, not really
0: yeah i think that pretty much covers it anyways i love you wyatt
1: love you dad